This is the Heartland Community Church Podcast, titled Before I Die, Part 4, with guest teacher, Pastor Harvey Carey. Greetings, Heartland Community Church. This is uh, Pastor Harvey Carey here in Detroit, Michigan. I'm the senior and founding pastor of Citadel of Faith Covenant Church. So excited to share with you all uh, today. And I'm really thrilled about the series that you all are in the midst of right now. And so before we lean into the Word of God and hear what God would speak to us, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege being called your children. We thank you for reminding us from your Word that there are things that you've entrusted us to do and given for us to be so that we can make this world a better place and that we can let this world, more importantly, know about you. So, God, before we die, before we expire, before our days are done, we pray that we would do those things that would be most honoring to you. Anoint our time together in these next few moments is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, you all, I send you greetings again from Detroit, where I I came to plant a church here in the heart of Detroit some 17-plus years ago, and it's been such an honor uh, to serve the Lord in this capacity. So when I got... um, uh, the message and uh, your church and church leadership reached out to me to share the Word of God. I was really captured by the specific topic that you guys are leaning into in this series, uh, Before I Die. And you all have heard the term, the bucket list, right? The, the, the bucket list that people say, before I pass away, I want to go to this place. I want to visit that place. I want to do that thing. Well, that's, that's okay. But it's a great thing to know that before we leave this earth, we want to make sure that we die empty, right? That we've done all those things that God has entrusted for us to do and that he's called us to do. I can't think of any greater responsibility for the Christian. I can't think of any greater task or any greater privilege for the believer other than to share the word of God with people that are far from Christ. But as I encounter Christians all over the country and world, and as I preach and teach to people and particularly do training in the areas of evangelism, one of the biggest things that comes back to me is, Harvey, I love Jesus. I love the fact that he has a burden for lost people, but I'm afraid of rejection. I'm afraid that I don't know enough. I'm afraid that I don't have enough. What if I run across a person and they ask me a question that I don't know? Or what if I um, am in a situation and I feel unqualified? And, And so all of those issues and challenges for many believers keeps us from sharing the gospel with people that are far from God. So my prayer, you all, is that in these next few moments, this text that we'll be leaning into will do several things. Number one, it will give us information about what it is that God has required and tasked us as believers in Christ to do. But also it would give us encouragement and kind of fuel or wind in our sails to know that as we go out, we're not going out alone. We're going out in the power and in the strength of the Holy Spirit. So Mark's gospel, chapter 16, Mark's gospel, chapter 16, verses 15 through 20. Mark 16, 15 through 20. Now, some translations say that this may not have been in the original, original manuscripts, but I really love the way that uh, Mark's gospel kind of sums up the ministry of Christ as he uh, prepares to go back to heaven here. It says in Mark 16, verse 15, He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will 
place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. I love this verse. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it before I die. You all, Jesus, as he's getting ready to leave the earth and leaving some kind of last words with his apostles, he sums up, in a sense, the burden of his ministry and the focus of his ministry in this last discourse with his followers. Now, many of you know that Jesus was the living word. He had so many profound statements that he'd made in his ministry here on earth. He could have said any of those things to them. He could have said, you know what? Love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That was an important thing that he said. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. He could have easily said, you all, uh, that blessed are those who are meek and those who are poor in spirit. So many amazing things that Jesus said that he could have reinforced or underscored as he got ready to leave. But this is what Jesus ended on. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to all of creation. So before we die, before we leave this earth, I want to challenge you, church. I want to challenge you, believing community, to take the gospel, the good news. Well, what is the good news? The good news is that mankind separated from God found a Savior that once again made them right with God. What is the good news? The good news is that sinful man like you and I, sinful human like you and me, were cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Take the good news and share it with all of creation. But he, he, he precedes it by saying something. He says, go. Listen, before you die, Heartland Community Church, I don't want you to think. I don't want you to continue to postulate. I don't want you to continue to plan and strategize. I don't want you to continue to have focus groups. I don't want you to continue to have endless trainings. I want you to go. You all, I have seen so many believers that get together and they say, you know what? Before we go, we've got to be trained. There's a space for training. Before we go, we've got to make sure we uh, look at a systematic approach of how we'll reach people. And it's important to have some ideas about who to go to and how to do it. Uh, before we do that, we need to have uh, some retreats and, and some other gatherings together. Do you know that if left up to us, we'd have more gatherings and retreats and planning meetings and focus group meetings than actually evangelism? I encourage you all to go. Do you know what go is in the Greek? Go. Do you know that the word go in whatever way you cut it means to go, not to think, not to postulate, but to go. He says, go where? Into all of the world. Now listen, you and I, we don't have the whole world as our, uh, you know, uh, map to go to, but we do have the circles of influence. We do have the relationships that God has given to us. We do have the people in our lives that God has strategically placed in our path who need to hear the good news of the gospel. So he says, listen, I want you, those of you before you die, before you leave this earth, to go into the circles of influence, the relationships, the people that you have in your reach and proclaim and share the good news of Jesus to everybody that you can reach. Now, what I love about this scripture, he says, all of creation, not the part of creation that's most comfortable to you, not the part of creation that may be most familiar to you. 
But all of creation that is in your reach, you and I are called by God before we die to go into all of those circles of influence and communicate the good news of Jesus. And he says, when people receive it, these, this is the result of what will happen. Whoever believes will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. He says, those who hear the good news of Jesus, that Jesus died, Jesus uh, rose again, and those of us who put our trust in him, those of us who yield to his authority and yield to his leadership, those of us who do that, it says, we will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the wrath to come. Saved from eternal separation from God. Saved from judgment. He says, those of us who choose to do that, will be saved, but those who do not believe in the good news of Jesus, they will be condemned. Hear this now, church. I believe that we live in a time where many of us do not believe that there is going to be eternal judgment or eternal condemnation. Well, the Bible is clear. He that has the Son of God has life, and he that does not have the Son of God does not have life. Which you all, when we share the gospel with people, it listen, it is not up to us what their response will be. It is up to us that they have an opportunity to have a response. Let me say that again. It is not up to us what the responsibility of the hearer will be, but it is up to us to ensure that they are in a position to have a response. Listen, if we do not share the gospel, if we do not tell them about Jesus, they will not have an opportunity to be saved, and they will not have an opportunity to escape condemnation. But if they choose to reject, listen, reject the gospel, they're not rejecting you, they're not rejecting me, they are rejecting Christ. He says, those who believe will be saved, and those who do not believe will be condemned. Before I die, I need to tell people about God. Now, you all, the next series of verses that I'm going to read might have made you a bit nervous when you heard it. Some of you said, oh my goodness, he's getting ready to talk about some weird things here. He's talking about speaking in tongues and picking up snakes and laying hands on sick people. Listen, y'all, I'm not encouraging that we have a snake pit in front of the church and we start walking in front of snakes and saying that because we uh, have authority over serpents, we can walk in a snake pit. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not encouraging us to have some Pentecostal experience where we start speaking in languages where people do not know. I want to contextualize this in what Jesus was saying to his disciples as it related to them deciding to share their faith with those who were far from God. He says, listen, when you and I, before we die, make the decision that we're going to be agents of God to let people know about Christ, right, preaching the gospel, he says, this is what I will, I'll promise you. These signs or these things will happen that will accompany those who believe. Now, listen, you all, he says, people who accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we are believers. He says, those who are believers can count on one thing. There will be some signs that will accompany those who believe. Now, you all, I'm encouraged by these words because before I die, I do want people to know about Jesus. Before I die, I do want people that are far from God to get closer to God. But I need to have an assurance that I'm not in this by myself. I need to have an assurance that long after the sermon has been preached and I don't hear it anymore, what guarantee 
guarantee do I have that I'm not going out by myself? What guarantee do I have that I'm not communicating the gospel in a vacuum? He says, these signs will follow or accompany those who believe. Let me pause for a minute. Are you a believer? If you are a believer, then God has got some signs that are going to accompany you. Listen, you don't have to run. Listen, you don't have to run after signs. Signs will run after you. <laughs> you don't have to start running after people who have signs and different gifts. The Bible says that these signs will follow you. Well, pastor, what signs will follow me? If before I die, I want to tell people about Jesus in the circles of, of relationships that I have. If before I die, I want to communicate the gospel with people that are in my sphere of influence, then, then what is it that I can be assured that God will do when I choose to do that? I'm glad that you asked. The first thing he says is that in Jesus' name, you will drive out demons. You all, do you know that you have authority over the works of darkness? Do you know, listen, just as we know that there are heavenly angels, just as we know that there are spiritual entities that are of God, we also know that there are spiritual entities that are not of God. We know that there are demonic works. We know that there are evil spirits that are at work in the world. But the Bible says that we are not subject to those things. When we go out in the name of Christ, when we go out to proclaim the gospel, he says, this is what you can count on. In the name of Christ, you will be able to drive out and have authority over every demonic work. Listen, you all, you don't have to go out and make an announcement that, hey, I have authority over demons. Demons know that you have authority over them. As a matter of fact, when you show up in a place, you bring God with you. Do you know that God is on the inside of you? Do you know that the presence of the Lord dwells on the inside of you? And listen, and when you show up where the Spirit of the Lord is inside of you, there is liberty. When you show up at your job, guess what? God shows up at your job. When you show up at your family gathering, God shows up at your family gathering with you. If God is with you, then there's no demonic spirit, there's no evil spirit that has authority over you. I believe you all that the church is afraid of the world. I believe that we're afraid of the things in the world and we're afraid of these demonic and evil things that are happening in our society. But let me tell you something, greater is God in us than the enemy that is in the world. Greater is God in you than the enemy that is against you. And if you realize that the promise of God is attached to what you do when you go out in his name, you will not go out in fear. He says, in my name, you will drive out demons. You don't have to argue with them. You don't have to beg them. They will just go. He says, when you decide to be an individual before you die who goes out to share the gospel, you can know that demons will have to flee when you show up. It says that they will speak with new tongues. Now listen, you all, I'm not going to get into some message about Pentecostalism because I don't really believe that that's the context of this text. I believe that when it says you will speak in new tongues, it means that in the context of Jesus' day, he says to the apostles, listen, as you guys are going out and communicating the gospel, there'll be places that you'll go where you may not know the dialect. There'll be places that you go that you may not understand the cultural background of the people. But when you go out in my name to proclaim the gospel, 
gospel, guess what I will do? I will endow you with spiritual wisdom, and I will give you spiritual gifting, listen, that you'll be able to communicate beyond just your knowledge base. You'll be able to communicate in a linguistic ability that is far beyond what you've been trained to do. Now, I'm about to say something to some of y'all that's going to be interesting. I'm black. I don't know if y'all can see that, by the way. I'm black. I've been this way my whole life. I've been this way my entire life, a black person. And I don't know what God's sense of humor is, but God has an infinite sense of humor because when he called me to the ministry, he called me to lead multicultural people. He, my congregation is a multicultural congregation. And today I believe that I'm preaching to a church that is a multicultural church, maybe more monocultural than not. I don't know. But let me tell you what I do know. Let me tell you what I do know. I would ask God, God, my language where I was brought up was called hooping. That was the that was the preaching language. That was the communicative language that I came out of in my Baptist church. Some of y'all don't know what that is. Uh-huh. In the Baptist church that I grew up in when you were a preacher. Uh-huh. This is how you would preach. And this would validate your preaching when you could sing and preach like this. And when you did that, people would start doing stuff. Okay, so, so, so that was how I was reared. And then God says, no, 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 because I've called you to preach to more than one demographic. Because I've called you to preach to more than one ethnic group, I'm going to send you out when you preach the gospel, and I'm going to give you a tongue that you never learned. I'm going to give you an ability to communicate outside of what you've been trained to communicate because of the people group that I want you to reach. Listen, hear me. Don't ask me, Harvey, I've got a burden for inner city people. How do I talk to them? By talking to them. Harvey, I've got a burden for other ethnicities, and I need to have some cultural training so that I do not uh, say the wrong thing. Then I tell you something, when you go out in Jesus' name to communicate the gospel, the Bible says he will give you a new tongue. He will give you the ability to communicate in a way that you have never learned in your own strength. He says you will speak with a new tongue ability. Secondly, it says you will pick up snakes with their hands or drink deadly poison and it will not hurt you at all. Now listen, you all, in those days, when they went out to preach the gospel, they would be on the dirt roads and they would find snakes and vipers that would come out of the brush and often bite them. He says, listen, God is not going to have you go out in his name to share the gospel, and then a snake kills you. He's not going to have you go into some town and some group of people trying to stop the gospel, poison you. He says, when you go out in my name, I will protect you from the vipers, and I will protect you from the poison that's trying to take you out. Listen, you all, I thank God that I've seen God work in my life, that as I've gone out to preach the gospel, he's put a hedge of protection around me. Listen, if God be for you, who can be against you? I I remember when I was in Dallas, Texas, and I was down in Oak Cliff, and I was ministering the gospel on the street corner, and a guy came up to me and said, you better shut up. I don't want to hear anything else about God. And I said, but I'm here to talk about God. And I started talking about God more. And he took a gun out, and he put it on my forehead and said, if you say one more thing, I'm going to blow your brains out. To feel cold steel on my forehead. I said, well, before you pull the trigger, I came to let you know that Jesus loves you, and Jesus died for you. He says, you don't know who you're dealing with. He said, man, I will kill you. I said, I'm so sorry, sir, but I died about four years ago, and you can't kill a dead man. That man right there on that corner 
pulled the trigger and the trigger didn't work. He said, I just loaded this and he tried it again and it didn't work again. You know why? Because no weapon formed against me will prosper if I'm preaching the gospel. Now listen, you all, I don't want to give you some blanket statement about what God will do in every situation and every circumstance, but this scripture does say something. When you choose before you die to let people that are far from God know about him, stop worrying about what people will do to you. Stop worrying about the situations and the circumstances that are against you because if God be for you, who can be against you? He says you can go in places where snakes are present and if the snakes even bite you, they will not hurt you. And if they try to put poison and to poison you, it will not hurt you at all. God says to keep the gospel going, I'm going to make sure that I put a hedge of protection around you. What are you fearful of? Are you fearful of rejection? Don't be fearful of rejection. The Lord has received you. What are you fearful of? Are you fearful that somebody will hurt you? Well, no hurt or harm will come. Now you're dwelling, the Bible says. I wonder, is there anybody with faith today? I wonder, is there anybody that believes that the God of the Bible is still alive? Yes, God is alive. Yes, they're not snakes running around, but there's some people that act like snakes. There may not be some people trying to poison you, but there are people that are trying to poison your reputation. There are people that are trying to poison your faith. But God says, if you choose to do what I've called you to do, you don't have to fear the snake or the poison. Not only that, you all, he says these words, they will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. Oh, I'm so blessed by this scripture. Several years ago, you all, I was um, pretty sick. I'd eaten some bad chicken, and I just assumed that that's what it was, food poisoning. I went to the doctor. The doctor sent me back home and said, well, just let it ride out. It's just food poisoning. But I continued to get worse and worse and worse. Several days go past, and I'm I'm unable to drink water. I'm unable to hold any food down. I go back to the hospital again. They once again say, ah, food poisoning, go back. Now I passed out because I'm dehydrating. They finally took me in and says, oh, my God, we misdiagnosed. You have a bacterial infection. We've got to move you immediately into surgery and put a J-tube to feed you in your stomach. They said, if it works, if the medicine works, then you'll be better. But if it doesn't, there's nothing more we can do. I'm like, excuse me? They said, if the medicine that we put into your intestines, into your stomach, if it works, it'll be great. But if it doesn't, there's nothing more that we can do. Well, they did the procedure and the medicine did not work down to about 90 pounds, unable to speak, unable to walk, had no control of my bodily fluids. I was sent home in a hospital bed and hospice to die. I'll never forget my pastor came and began to plan my funeral, and he was in the other room with my wife and going through the details of my home going. And I'll never forget my wife said to my pastor that day, she said, uh, Pastor Meeks, my husband's not going to die. Pastor said, well, you know, part of the whole process of grief, the first part of that is denial, right? You know, people deny. He, she says, oh, I understand the stages of grief. That's not what I'm dealing with. God promised my husband that we would go to Detroit, Michigan, and we're not in Detroit, Michigan. And so either one or two things are going to happen. Either he's going to die and get back up, or he's not going to die at all. My pastor just walked away saying, I can't do anything with that. Several days later, you all, unable to walk, unable to eat, cooked to a machine, keeping me alive. I heard the impression of the Lord say, get up and go get something to eat. I had not walked in months. My, my, my muscles are now in atrophy. But whenever God gives you a word, he also gives you strength to do the word that he gave you. I disconnected the machine that was keeping me alive, and I got up. It took me an hour to get to the kitchen, which is just a few feet away from where I was. I've been eating, and I've been eating ever since. Here's the point. 
even though I was sick in my body because the mission of the gospel was not done. Sickness and disease could not impede or hinder me from doing what God called me to do. Listen, you all, I'm not one of those faith people that says that everybody's to be well and nobody's to get sick. I'm not one of those people. But what I am saying is this, the scripture does say that when we commit ourselves to be involved and engaged in people hearing the gospel, that before we die, if we make that a priority, that we want people that are far from God to come closer to him, he says this, I will make sure that sick people will be healed so that they can do the work of the mission. Notice that he's connecting this to evangelism. He's connecting this directly to people that are soul winning. He says, when you are a person involved in evangelism and sharing your faith with those that are far from God, you can know one thing, those who are sick will get well. Finally, you all, he says, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. When Jesus got through giving the charge, you know what he did? He left, and he's at the right hand of God right now. He gave the charge to the church, to you and I. For those of us who are alive, he said, listen, I want you to know what my mission is for you. My mission is that you would take the good news of the gospel and share with everybody in your circles of influence. Those who believe it will go to heaven. They'll be saved. And those who reject it, they will be judged. But know that when you go out, you don't go out in your own strength, but you go out in the strength that I will give you. I will give you the ability to cast out works of darkness and works of the enemy. The demonic forces will not have power over you. I'll give you the ability to communicate in ways way beyond what you've been trained to do. I will endow you with the Spirit in such a way that your communicative gift will far exceed whatever development or training you've been given so that people will know that it was God and not you. I'll ensure that no matter what traps are set for you and laid for you by the enemy, no snakes, no poison will hurt you, and even illness itself will not be something that stands in the way of you communicating the gospel. Jesus caught a cloud and sat at the right hand of the Father, and guess what? That's where he is right now. Hear me, church, and I'm almost done. Many of us are saying to God, God, please come down and save our world. God, please come down and save our country. God, there's so much violence and there's so much evil and there's so much unbelievable tension in our world. Jesus, come down and do something about it. And you know what Jesus is saying? He's saying, do it because you are my body. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now, but we are his body. So when we say, Jesus, do it, he's looking at you and me and saying, when are you going to do it? And so this last verse is what blesses me. It says, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. Notice that. Jesus says in one verse, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. When you do that, this will happen. And when you do that, you can be guaranteed that this will be with you. And then he says this to them, and he leaves. And it says the disciples went out and did it. Here's the question, Heartland. For those of you that are hearing this message right now, what is it now that's going to be maybe your excuse or reason or whatever to not respond to what God is saying for you to do? It says the disciples heard it and they went out and they did it. They heard it and they did it. They heard it and they did it. Here's the question. Many of us will hear it and now have whole lots of excuses as to why not to do it. Harvey, I hear what you're saying. 
Oh, it's so important that we tell people. Oh, it's so important that people know about God. Oh, it's so important that we know that God is with us. However, I'm afraid. However, I don't know enough. However, however, however. The disciples went out and did it. But can I leave these last words? They didn't just go out by themselves. Look what it says. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. The last part of that verse simply says this. As they went out to do what the Lord had called them to do, they didn't go out alone. But it says the Lord worked with them. Listen, the Lord can't work with anyone that's not working. The Lord worked with them. Listen, if there's no them to work with, he can't work with them. Hello? He wants to work with you, church. He wants to work with you, man of God. He wants to work with you, woman of God. But if we are not making ourselves available, God doesn't have anyone to work with. The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that followed it. Listen, you all, we don't follow signs. Signs follow us. And God is challenging us today that before we die, we make a commitment to tell a dying world that Jesus is still Lord. We make a commitment to tell a world that is more increasingly immoral and more increasingly far from God that there is a Savior who died for them and then loves them. And if we choose to be engaged with God and do what God has called us to do, guess what, church? You're not in this by yourself. Because, listen, long after this sermon is over and you've closed the notebook or you've moved away from the sermon— You'll be left with the charge. What do you do? Before you die, is it good enough to just say, I've seen the Grand Canyon, I've seen the Taj Mahal? That will not carry you into eternity. Before you die, could you say, I went parasailing or I jumped out of a plane? That will not carry you into eternity. But when you say, before I died, I took the good news of Jesus and I shared it with my family and I shared it with my coworkers and I shared it with my neighborhood and I shared it with my circles of influence, the Bible says that that decision, that action will actually bleed over into eternity. That, my brother and sister, is what will actually remain forever. And so as I get ready to pray with you, here's the question. Before you die, what are you committing to do? Are you committing to be hearers of the word only? For many of you, you say, oh, man, I resonate with that, Harvey. However, man, I resonate with that, but I agree with that, but I'm not so sure about. Listen, God's for you. And when you're ever in doubt if God is for you, I want you to look at this text because this text gives you crystal clear instructions. Go where? into the circles of influence that you have and do what? Proclaim the good news. To who? To all creation. You know what he says? Those who believe it, they'll be a part of God's family. Those who do not believe it, they will be condemned. But when you go out, you're not going out by yourself because he says, and these are the signs that will follow you and accompany you. You'll have power over the evil works of the world, the demonic. You'll be able to communicate beyond your scope of natural ability. You'll be able to walk into very dangerous situations and God will protect you. You'll be able to see God's supernatural work of healing done so you can continue the work. Jesus now, seated at the right end of the Father, is looking down, seeing if you and I would be like the disciples and they went out everywhere and they did it. Heartland, I hope that's going to be your story.
that before you die, you'll go out and you'll share this everywhere. But when you do it, you won't do it alone. The Lord will be working with you, confirming his word by the signs that will accompany your going. I'm so thrilled about this series. I'm so thrilled about what God will do in and through you. We live in unprecedented times, COVID and tensions and all kinds of animosities. There's never been a greater time for the gospel, and there's never been a greater need for you to be the one that heralds it. As I pray, I'm going to believe God that fear would be banished. I'm going to believe God that your overthinking would be minimized. I want to believe God that the spirit of the Lord would not be spooky and weird, but practical, giving you the courage to go into those places knowing that you're not going into them alone. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for, so much for this community of faith that has leaned into this subject of before I die, we realize that God is certain time that we've been given on this planet. But while we're here, God, we have been tasked to do all that we can with the life that you've given us. And so in Jesus' name, would you bless my brother, bless my sister to step out in faith and to go. Go to their sister, their brother, their cousin. Go to their coworker, their neighbor, their boss. Go online, social media. Go into whatever spheres of influence that they have and tell people that Jesus loves them. Father, I pray that you would give them courage and boldness to know that when they go, they go with you and your power. And God, finally, I thank you that you will confirm your word in and through them with signs that will accompany. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise in the name of Jesus who has sent us. Amen and amen. Once again, God bless you guys so much. Such an honor to be with you. God keep you. And let's go change the world together. You've been listening to part four of the Before I Die series with guest teacher, Pastor Harvey Carey. You can experience the entire service this message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page or on YouTube at Heartland CC Rockford. Or you can watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening. 